Welcome to the Joint Multinational Readiness Center Train to Win podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Costello. In our podcast series, we'll be talking with members of the Hohenfels training area team that are at the forefront of training. Today, I'm talking with Major Stuart Gallagher, who is an observer coach trainer on the Mustang Critter team about hybrid warfare. Welcome, Major Gallagher, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Joyce. Not a problem. So tell me, how did you become a subject matter expert in hybrid warfare? It, it was kind of a combination of chance and fate colliding with one another. Uh, I first started studying Russia and the Soviet Union back in 1989 at college. And during my sophomore year, I went on a trip to what was then the Soviet Union. Uh, from that point on, I was, I was basically hooked. And since then, I've, I've lived, studied, traveled, and worked throughout the former Soviet Union, both privately and with the military spending a majority of my time in, in Ukraine and, and Russia. At the outset of the Ukraine crisis, the State Department requested a military advisor to assist with a Department of State-led task force addressing the issue. Uh, my boss, knowing my background, identified me to fill the role. I served almost a year up there, advising the task force and senior leadership at Department of State. Uh, during that time, I very quickly realized the contemporary security environment had changed and that this newfound relationship with Russia was here to stay. I also realized that a lot of our expertise with regards to addressing state-on-state threat, and Russia in particular, had atrophied over the past 20 years, as both policy and resources have been redirected to address the counterterrorism threat. So I developed a brief that that you saw the other day. Uh, This brief on hybrid warfare and the strategic operational environment was built to help inform both leadership and practitioners about the the problem set from a strategic lens. I've been giving this brief now for over five years and addressed audiences across the military and the interagency. Ah, and so you mentioned you had addressed the leadership at JMRC, but what exactly is your role regarding Ukraine at the Joint Multinational Readiness Center? There are three duties or responsibilities that I have here with regards to um, the Ukraine, uh, the issue in Ukraine. First, I serve as a lead trainer of a mobile training team tasked with training the Joint Multinational Training Group, Ukraine, uh, prior to their deployment to the Ukraine. Um, second, I serve as a planner or advisor to the Rapid Trident exercise that takes place annually at the Ukrainian CTC in Yuvarov, Ukraine. Finally, I conduct presentations like the one you saw the other day in order to increase awareness of hybrid warfare and its current use. Okay, in fact, for the folks who are not able to attend the presentation, that is a really good time to segue to what exactly is hybrid warfare? There there are currently two primary definitions that are commonly referenced today. The first is that of a NATO definition, which states hybrid threats are those that are posed by adversaries with the ability to simultaneously employ conventional and non-conventional means adaptively in pursuit of their objectives. Personally, I find this definition a bit vague, a more accurate and definitely more elaborate definition in the Russian version, which states new new generational warfare is a combined coordinated use of military and non-military means whose aim is not to destroy but to disable the enemy state and armed forces, not to kill the enemy soldiers, but to break the morale and the ability to resist. The main front is the human psyche and the information space. 
so it's it's difficult it's it's a different way of engaging one's adversaries as it blurs the the space between peace and war often making it difficult at the strategic level um, for them to craft the proper uh, and timely response okay so the definition gives us a good understanding of some of the aspects of it but how exactly does a hybrid warfare work and where is it being employed today when considering hybrid warfare, it's critical to, to first understand the concept of the, the state or the country, um, specifically how it's built and why it's important. States first came into being with the Treaty of Westphalia. This treaty was conceived on the heels of the Thirty Years' War in order to end hostilities in Europe. As, as war is, is pretty much a destructive, a very destructive uh, activity. There are two things to note about the ushering in of the Treaty of Westphalia, and that's first, the the hostilities didn't end in Europe, and cases in point can be referenced as World War One and World War Two, which were massively destructive wars. And second, it serves as the basis of the international system in which we currently exist. In order to illustrate this concept in its simplest form, I built a model based on strategic theory that succinctly explains the state. So, so consider uh, a building in a two-dimensional format with a series of three pillars. The, the first and arguably the most important pillar is the security pillar. The security pillar encompasses both internal security, like think police and U.S. Marshals on, on an American sense, and security against international threats. So in that case, you'd think military. I contend that the security pillar is the, the most important because nothing else works without having the security. Um, think Afghanistan. One, one of the main problems we've had in Afghanistan is the challenge associated with securing that particular country. The second pillar represents capacity, and capacity includes all the systems, um, infrastructure and programs that allows people to live their lives. Think school systems, transportation networks, economic programs, etc. So when capacity gets stripped away for whatever reason, the standard of living diminishes and the people become usually very unhappy and in some cases unruly. Finally, there's the legitimacy pillar. This pillar is based on social contract theory, which basically states the leadership of a government agrees to rule the people of said country and the, the people of said country agree to be ruled. Uh, it, it's a sort of sacred trust between the, the ruling and the ruled. And when it's compromised, it will often lead to challenges to the government, which can be as benign as a protest or as ex in extreme cases, you know, complete des destabilization, anarchy, failed states. A good example would be um, looking at like Somalia, for example. So that's, that's the model in a nutshell. Now, understanding the, that particular model, um, you know, how do we employ this in relation to hybrid warfare? So believe it or not, in theory, it's, it's quite simple. You just really attack each of the pillars using the instruments of national power, which are diplomacy, information, military, and, and economic. Using Eastern Ukraine as a case study, let's, for you know, fun's sake here, we'll, we'll conduct a quick analysis of what the Kremlin has done. When you're looking at security pillar, you know, they're using hybrid warfare, they've attacked the security pillar. That's to say they've attacked Eastern Ukraine, violated international borders, and, and pushed the Ukrainians westward, turning Eastern Ukraine into a war zone and creating, for all intents and purposes, a, a frozen conflict. Now, the second is the capacity piece. They attack the, the capacity of Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine, 
This included destroying infrastructure, taking over the industrial base, and monopolizing transportation systems, just to name a few. With regards to capacity, eastern Ukraine was almost completely paralyzed, and, and really, for the most part, is, is still today. As far as legitimacy is concerned, they, they attack legitimacy to leadership. When, when a country's leadership cannot provide security or capacity uh, to its people, it, it begins to call into question the legitimacy of said leadership. So to exacerbate this attack, they also leverage propaganda across a multitude of media in order to delegitimize the Ukrainian leadership. Essentially, the Kremlin has effectively vertically aligned their, their dime or their diplomacy information, military and economic um, pieces, leading with information and effectively attacked all three pillars of the, of the Ukrainian state. Um, ultimately, this, this has resulted in the destabilization of eastern Ukraine and the Crimea, which in turn prevents Ukraine from joining NATO and possibly the, the European Union as well. That is certainly a topic for another discussion. But what do you feel is the most important thing that you would want the listener to understand about hybrid warfare? Well, the reason why it's uh, so important to understand hybrid warfare is because of its effectiveness and its efficiency. Like first, it keeps a country's leadership off balance as it creates a gray space, making it difficult to develop and employ effective responses, responses to hybrid threats. That is to say, it convolutes the space between war and peace by, by conducting actions that stay just under the threshold of war and triggering an Article 5 under NATO. Second, it's, it's very efficient. Putting boots on, on the ground in a, in a belligerent country is, is very expensive and has a propensity to get very messy very quickly. Um, so conversely, leveraging social media platforms and cyber attacks is, is really not that expensive. It provides a, a level of deniability and, and it, it doesn't really risk an Article 5 trigger. Therefore, if I can just, you know, if, if I can basically get just as good of a result by leveraging information technologies that cost, let's say, $1, as opposed to using a military option, which, say, you know, hypothetically costs $1,000, why would you use a military option when you can get the same out- outcome? Okay, and so given that Joint Multinational Readiness Center is a huge place for multinational training with our partners and allies, how do you think that hybrid warfare applies to JMRC? Well, like we talked about in the brief um, the other day, Joyce, we... I like to refer to this as a strategic why. Um, JMRC is a, a brigade-level training center, which is inherently tactical in nature. Uh, we train U.S. and multinational units to be successful in the tactical fight against an adversary. However, strategy informs tactics, so understanding the, the strategic why helps to inform the soldiers and leadership at JMRC as to why we are here at JMRC and, and how to better train those units for future combat. Thank you. I've been talking with Major Stuart Gallagher, an observer coach trainer for Joint Multinational Readiness Center about hybrid warfare. In upcoming podcasts, we want to hear about the topics that you're interested in. So make sure you drop us a line at either Hohenfeld's Twitter and sound off about what exactly you'd like to hear a podcast on, or send us a message on our Facebook, Train to Win JMRC. That's all for now. Mm-hmm.